You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. It's a quote from Buckminster Fuller. Lends itself to what I want to discuss on this evening. See, I think it's clear that white folks are in tune with racism, right? I believe white folks know of all the ways that the worst among them have and still make it known that black people are despised and unwelcomed in America. From slavery to Jim Crow and even things like the Klan and sundown towns and social gatherings in these clubs, literal and figurative, where we're not welcome. Right? I also think white folks understand the systemic subjugation of black people by rich elites in every facet of American life, be it entertainment or education, law, you know, when it comes to mass incarceration, medicine, everything. What I wonder about, though, is how aware are they of the concerted effort to not allow black Americans to change their world? See, I can see that most people are aware of both systemic and social racism and anti-blackness. But are white people aware of the state-sanctioned and concerted surveillance, infiltration, and subversion of the civil rights movement of the 1960s? Hell, do younger black people even know? See, I think there's an idea, right, in people's minds that, you know, folks were doing this civil rights work in the 60s, and then there was this march on Washington that ended with what's called the I Have a Dream speech, and then after that, black people overcame, and we got over, and so, you know, the, these organizations and the people, the, the work that they were doing, it's all defunct now, because it's no longer necessary. And it might not be said out loud, but even if you consider the deaths of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and of Malcolm X, you might think of them as martyrs, savior-like figures who made the ultimate sacrifice for the people to get power. And the truth of the matter is, and I want to be careful with my words because I don't want to suggest that their work was for naught. So I won't suggest that black people haven't, you know, haven't overcome at all. But the fact of the matter is that we should be thriving much more as a people in our country. And we would be, you know, had the movement not been stymied by a series of assassinations perpetuated by the FBI. I think the clarity of it depends on, you know, what these people were remembered for. So Dr. King had the largest platform, you know, as, you know, someone who would be instrumental in, you know, pro-black legislation. So it's easy to law that in his wake and pretend like it's an achievement for the entire country. You know, then you can just dismiss his death as an act of one hateful man. What goes unsaid was, you know, until his death, his work with labor unions, you know, and how much he sought to put common people in a place to thrive financially. It's not talked about as much as, you know, integrating American society. But when things get more granular, though, you know, they get a bit more obvious in um, their deaths and the reason for their deaths. So Malcolm X is one example, but to an even deeper and more obvious degree is, is the life and assassination of Fred Hampton, Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. 
Um, in all their cases, they were surveilled, infiltrated, and ultimately assassinated by COINTELPRO. Fred Hampton's case is most harrowing, though, because it's most obvious and the most easily forgotten. Because of his and the Black Panther Party as a whole, uh, their, their lesser proximity to capitalist ideals, right? You know, more so than anybody else in the movement. To quote the chairman himself, we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism. We're going to fight it with socialism. The work of Fred Hampton and the larger Black Panther Party was grassroots and it was subversive of white capitalism, right? which had oppressed black people and still do, you know, since this nation's inception. And it makes it difficult for me to see, you know, a few black people winning at capitalism be heralded as progress while black people in the ghetto continue to languish under the oppressive arm of white capitalism after revolutionary work was violently and abruptly castrated, right? And those practices continue. Right? I think this came about because of something I had feared for a long time, and that's that y'all was gonna forget, you know, in, in, in further movements. Y'all was gonna forget about the ghetto, right? So when we speak about the past and when we talk about today, there's no focus, um, except well, the, the focus is on the, the the larger, more general black people, but specifically for us in the ghetto. Um, the way that Fred Hampton went out and the work that he done, uh, the work that he did is, is, is largely suppressed. Right? So when we look at corporate and entertainment response to the Black Lives Matter movement of today, it would seem to be uh, you know, much easier to ostensibly, but not really, include black people in capitalism than it is to embrace more radical ideas for the people. So then, like this incentivized uh, support of black businesses, um, including black people in, you know, Hollywood level arts and focusing on black music, the stuff that they was already exploiting us for. If you just put like black voices on it, on, on, on Netflix and, you know, whatever site you streaming music from, all of that um, is printing stuff that's pro-black on your shirts and these messages and throwing BLM up on your on, on billboards and shit like that and on city streets all of that is way easier including ostensibly including black people and um, you know a few just throwing a few crumbs off the plate for capitalism right including us in that is way easier than embracing an idea like defund the police right and instead of listening, it gets immediately dismissed. And if you go and listen, it takes this long, drawn-out explanation for the people to grasp it, right? Because the powers not having the money and the people having the money and doing what we want to do with it and govern ourselves is a little bit too terrifying for white folks and even some of you niggas, if we being real. And I don't mean to separate myself from anybody who happens to be a capitalist. I mean, we live in a capitalist society. I'm beholden to it. I'm going to have to get to my money the best way that I can to sustain myself. But I'm just saying, it would seem like it's a little bit easier to embrace them ideals for white folks and for some of us than it is for all of us to collectively embrace the idea of freedom, even from white capitalism, you know, from this system to get 
all power to the people. It's been another episode of Real Nigga Post Radio. Thank you for listening, and as usual, stay tuned.